Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. March 14, 2016. Yes, that's figure. Um, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, hoopla going on. A lot of election hoopla. In the world today. In Ohio. Let's just, you know, erase the board, take a break. Let's, um, let's see if we can make a difference, right? The mission of our show is to use our collaborative energies and make a difference in the world. Even as one person. Even as one person. You know, um, we have a really, really interesting guest that I'm really pumped about. I'm going to bring on in one second. Um, I think it's going to be um, life-changing or groundbreaking, at least, right? Enough already with this. Um, our model is shared leadership, right? Shared leadership isn't tough guy leadership or um, the most aggressive leadership or the current person in charge leadership. Shared leadership means shared leadership. So we need to hear from everyone. But we're all leaders regardless of our title. Right. Right. And and as a result, you know, a lot of people hold on to what they have and um, we don't really get that balance out there. Right. We believe in leadership any place in the organization. It don't have to be a leader in title. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, uh, and our guest today speaks exactly to that, which we're really pumped. You know, I just want to say real quick, um, I love this. A couple weeks back, we went to Sri Lanka for some expertise. Today, we're going to the UK for some expertise, right? Yes. It's a global world. It is a global world. And, okay, so we have to understand that our guests are now your teammates, right? So take advantage, right? That's why they're here. So um, we have a really special guest that we had the privilege of meeting um, in the past, and uh, we would love to welcome um, author, speaker, host as well, um, and uh, many other things, our very special guest, Chris Davidson. Chris, are you with us? I am, sir. Good afternoon. Hey. Hi, Chris. Hey, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. So here's... Uh, we want to share the big surprise because I think today's theme is very, very, very important. But first, Chris, um, tell us maybe your contact information or how we can follow along, like your website, and then we'll talk about your book and go from there. Okay, the easiest way of getting a hold of me is through my company, and my company is called Active Presence, presence as in being there. Active Presence, activepresence.com. It's as simple as that. Interesting, Perfect. active presence, right? I mean, you know, I, I saw, Chris, just so you know, right, I remember when we met briefly, and I remember kind of stopping in my tracks when you were sharing about your book and about um, 
you know, how women can use their superior communication skills at work and how we need their greatness. And I said, I said, holy, you know what? This is exactly what we need. Um, because what Eva and I always say is, you know, we're leaving the greatness on the table if we don't hear from everyone, right? Um, so I want to first congratulate you on your book, and we can we get your book from this website? You can you can get the book. The book has its own dedicated website. In fact, it's on Amazon, of course, but it has its own dedicated website here and now book dot com. Okay, excellent. So we'll keep sharing that here and now book dot com. And the theme is basically how women get heard more at work and why it matters, which um, it's almost like if we can stop the entire world for one second and get everybody's attention. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I also think that it's not just women. I mean, there's certainly, and I know that Chris will agree with this too, I mean, there's certainly certain men that don't get hurt at work either. I mean, sometimes it's just just the way we present ourselves. So you've got the people that are strong and able to present well, so they're the ones that tend to get hurt. And so this is just a way to help all of us kind of step into the spotlight. And you're, ab- you're absolutely right there, Eva. You're absolutely right. It, it's, it's, um, it balances mm-hmm. out the scales to some extent, and I think that you're absolutely right. There are two issues at stake, really, aren't there? There are those people uh, of whatever gender who are naturally gifted, and then the other issue is the fact that we have these two communication models. We have the male communication model and the female communication model. Now, I didn't give them those names. Those names were already out there when I started doing my research. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the point is, though, that despite their name, the male communication model and the female communication model can be, moved, can be used by either sex. That's the point. It isn't, but it isn't necessarily the case. So we can think of people like, for example, uh, in the United Kingdom, a very strong woman known around the world, Margaret Thatcher, very mm-hmm. strong prime minister, a classic case of a woman who used the male communication model. Female no, I think communication that's a, uh, model used by a man might be, for example, Bill Clinton. Mm. Yes, after spoken. And I remember when Meryl Streep was talking about getting ready for her role as Margaret Thatcher, that she had to work with a breath coach. And I know you talk about breathing in your book, but she had to work with a breath coach in order to take in enough breath to keep talking like Margaret Thatcher was able to do when she was on the floor of Parliament, I guess, because I guess you have to keep talking to get your point across and not let anyone interrupt. So she had a way of actually capturing her voice so that she could keep talking so nobody could get in there until she got her whole point across. And Meryl Streep said it was really, really difficult for her to learn how to breathe like that because it took a lot of air for her to be able to get it all out, which I thought was really interesting. That is absolutely one of the, what I call an under-the-radar presenting technique. An audience knows that a presenter has to breathe at some point in time and they are subconsciously expecting that point in time to arrive and if they're fiddling with their um, smartphones reading their emails or whatever 
they're just aware of the fact the presenter is speaking. And at some point in time, the presenter is going to pause for breath and then they'll kind of look up and they'll engage. And if that presenter doesn't pause but just keeps going on and on and on and on, at some point in time, everyone stops fiddling because subconsciously they are drawn into this ongoing performance with no apparent end and they just can't help but listen. It's a really good technique. Which is almost the opposite of what you would think. Which is almost the opposite of what you would think. Yes, Charlie, that's absolutely right, yeah. Um, and, and okay, so already I learned in the first two minutes here that it's not really about our gender. It's about our technique of communication. Correct. That yes, it is. It's about, it's about technique and it's about models. And very simply put, the female communication model emphasizes connection and then having got connection presents data. And the male communication model emphasizes the data first and does the connection afterwards. So they do the same things, they just do them in different orders and with different emphasis. So, okay, so um, I don't want to make light of that because that's like very important. Um, So what does that mean um, in general since um, we're saying women are not being paid equally as a, you know, as an example is it because um, we focus on the data first and then the connection second in corporate? I mean, I'm not seeing it, right? Well, I think there are you know, there are many things going on there. So that the, the equal pay issue is something that I think takes a lot to unpick because there are all sorts of other historical facets, um, you know, built into that problem um, but the, from a communication excuse me <clears throat> from a communication perspective the, the challenges that arise uh, for example if you have men and women communicating in a meeting the the female communication model is to is inbuilt into that model will be the desire to give space in the meeting for people to connect and the male communication model will be just give me the data, give me the data. Yeah, yeah, we can do all the chit chat later. Give me the data. I'm really not interested in what you did at the weekend. Give me the data. Give Sounds the like data. you worked with us. <laughs> well, we it also kind of follow, it, it, fo- it follows Myers Briggs, right? With, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, does follow, it, it, it does follow yeah. Myers Briggs in that if you if you break down the the Myers Briggs type then you will know, uh, I'm sure either from your own work, but you will know that the Myers-Briggs types tend to fall across the sexes in particular ways. So, you know, uh, INTJs, for example, are quite rare beings, but, you know, male INTJs versus female INTJs, female INTJs are incredibly rare. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 you're right, there is some relationship to MBTI. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay, so I guess, you know, what I was saying earlier about the pay, that's totally unrelated, and I get that. There's there's other there's other covert reasons. For oh, there's that. absolutely other covert <laughs> reasons in there because you can certainly have women that can absolutely follow the male communication style and still not get equal pay. So, like Chris said, yeah. it's right. Different. But you know, Chris, what you were saying um, just a second ago about the two styles is so true. I mean. Um, you know, sometimes 
I found in the corporate world um, men to be fast and aggressive to the point where you almost don't hear what they're saying because they're just they're almost babbling. Well, and I also think it goes by industry, right? So if you're looking, we worked mostly in banking. I worked in, a lot in banking and insurance financial industries. There's a lot of male action in those industries. And then, of course, then that communication style would be more data-driven. That's why you're seeing, that's why oh. when you would hear people communicate, it would be more data-driven because that tended to be the type of person that worked in that industry, I would think. Well, yeah. that's, there, there is that about it. And it's quite interesting when you get the, the crossover of the models. So, for example, um, a, a woman who uses the male communication model will often get branded as being the pushy broad. Mm-hmm. Okay, a little bit like Margaret Thatcher. But a yeah. man who uses the female communication model, well, his colleagues will say about him behind his back, oh, he's wishy-washy, he never knows what he wants. You know, why can't he just make his mind up and tell us? Yeah, right, right. Right, so, so th- this is all, these are all difficulties that come into play simply because people are using the other model, and we're not used to them using the other model. But in fact, both models are completely appropriate. And so one has to kind of come up with coping techniques, really, um, to allow people to get around this. And so, um, for example, I say to, to women, if you're using typically the female communication model, then Start putting into your terminology more, and I hesitate to say the words, masculine terminology, but I think you'll, you'll get what I'm saying in a moment, mm-hmm. so that instead of telling stories about what's going on in the workplace, start saying, here's a case study. Let me give you an example of what we did in the Ohio office, for example. Okay, mm-hmm. Case studies, examples, these are all words that data-driven the data-driven male communication model will latch onto. Oh, yeah, case study. That's good. That's got data in it. I'll listen to that. Whereas mm-hmm. if they said, just let me just tell you a story about what happened in New York. I'm not interested. But if you tell me a case study about what happened in the New York office, I'm going to listen. Um, oh, that's good, yeah. No, I, this is fantastic. I love it. Um, we're going to take our first break, Chris. Um, we're learning a lot here. And um, for our listeners, once again, activepresence.com. And the book is Here and Now, and that's hereandnowbook.com. And we'll share more of that when we come back. Stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eve and our special guest, Chris Davidson. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. 
Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Hi, I'm Dustin Lynch. You don't have to listen to country music to know that life can be full of drama. Some of it you just can't control, like your girlfriend running out on you with your best friend. But there's some drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. You just need to take that first step and find free classes near you and start moving towards a brighter future and even your college degree. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Thanks for staying with us, everyone. We're into segment two with our guest, Chris Davidson. Chris is the founder of Active Presence, a communications consultancy firm, and he is the author of Here and Now, How Women Get Heard More at Work and Why It Matters. And we've been talking about the female and male communication models of speaking, which goes across genders, which I really like because I think it is really true. And Chris, you know, I was wondering, so you wrote this book and it, it really is towards women, although we are talking about both types of communication styles. But you also talk about that you feel that women own the 21st century workplace. You know, why is that? Why do you think that? Well, that's a very interesting uh, question, Eva, and thank you very much for asking it. We're moving in the 21st century, we're moving from command and control economies and command and control organizations and companies into a flatter way of working, more peer relationships. And these are driven through a lot through social media. And when mm. it comes to social media, uh, social media are, to a large extent, owned by women. Just that's it, full stop. The men just are not there. It, and if you look at the visual, the graphic social media, Pinterest, Instagram, for example, women are almost completely in charge of those social media. So... Um, men are just behind the curve on that one. They really are. The ability to communicate in a peer level and make those connections is absolutely inbuilt into the female communication model, and the female communication model is used by default by women. So they just naturally do it. You know, I hadn't even really thought about that, about the social media aspect of it, and also with the... um the peer relationships as opposed to the higher hierarchical relationships and then also with the visual with you're right i mean pinterest is really dominated by women um i'm not so sure about instagram but i know that you've done the research on it and know that social media tends to then be used more by women which now i'm going to i'm going to be looking at that a little more closely because i hadn't really thought about that before um so that's that's actually interesting. And do you think that by dominating social media that it's tended to level the playing field a bit then? Oh, it certainly has in the SME workplace. Um, so, you know, I, I can uh, reel off uh, a number of uh, businesses local to me in my local area, um, very successful SMEs run by women, uh, basically staffed by women, 
um, who run the organizations in a very flat uh, way uh, and also run them from a financial uh, perspective very effectively, very efficiently because their marketing is driven through social media and they make a terrific job of it, absolutely terrific. You know, and that's interesting too because it seems like in some ways the tables might be turning a little bit. So it used to be that women, and, you know, we still need this training, that women needed the training to learn how to speak in a male-dominated environment, right, in order to be heard. Because if we used our typical style of communicating, we tended not to be taken seriously, right, because it was about feelings and relationships and communications above the data. But now as we're moving into... Um, organizations that tend to be social media driven, some of which are, um, and you've got then women at the helm, it's almost like you then need to have a male communications workshop to help men to learn how to communicate more effectively in a female driven environment. Hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise they're not going to be taken seriously They'll because the bully. Fire. They'll yeah. Be walking around like the cavemen with the flame right. so far behind. Right, because that style of communication doesn't work. I, I remember even seeing that years ago when I was working in a corporate environment as opposed to then moving to the division. When the guys from the, from the subsidiaries came into corporate, they had to completely change their style of speaking and their mannerisms. They were used to a very bullying environment being out in the field. And when they came into corporate, it was just a much more refined um, work environment. And when they started using their yelling on the phone and yelling in meetings, it just was they weren't taken seriously and they were all spoken to. And then everybody had to change the way they were communicating. So I think it's interesting, depending on the organization that you're working in can also then dictate your communication style and what you have to then do to shift your, if you're not being heard, you have to then look at what it is that you're doing that you may have to shift a you bit in order to book. be heard. You need the book. You yeah, need the book. I agree. Here and now. Yes. Hmm. Um, so, so let's go back. So let's, let's look more at like male dominated organizations and, you know, so many times I know that women and, and I worked in, in Charlie and I both worked in information technology and I also worked in accounting. And so I, I'm really used to working with men and have worked in male dominated industries pretty much my whole career. Um, and I know that there were times that women really felt like they weren't taken seriously at work. So if you have, if you have someone that comes to you and says, you know, I'm just not being taken seriously at work, be it a man or a woman, um, what is the first thing that you look at? What do you what do you first work with them on? Well, first thing I get them to do is to fill out a questionnaire for me, and that and that kind of gives me some information that enables me to answer the question you've just asked. But if we look at a few examples, um, issues that come up often, uh, and this is not I'm not uh, being specific about gender specific about this, but mm -hmm. issues that come up often uh, are confidence and no matter how confident that person uh, feels, their confidence always degrades the moment they're asked to deliver a presentation. That's the first point. Yes. So uh, confidence has a lot to do with breathing, a phenomenal amount to do with breathing. So simple breathing exercises and breathing techniques 
can help with confidence a huge degree. And so this is often something that is covered uh, quite early on. You know, the, the old saying of take a deep breath and count to 10 does have some truth in it. So there's a number of exercises that one can go through. Um, the ability to speak confidently is dependent on the ability to breathe well. The ability to breathe well produces that fuel tank of air that you need to drive the voice. And so that is absolutely, completely fundamental. Then we look at a few exercises in terms of vocal technique, being able to produce a voice that travels further. This is important in meeting rooms, uh, sitting around a table, never mind delivering a presentation. If you're just sitting around a table with a dozen colleagues, you still need to project your voice to get to the other end of the room. So we look at those techniques, and then we look at structuring information. And one of the views that I have, and I talk about it in the book, is that it doesn't really matter what sort of meeting you're in, whether it's a, a, a video conference, a telephone conference, a, a meeting with colleagues around a table, a conversation with the boss across the desk. If you structure your meeting as if it were a presentation, then actually it can make your life an awful lot easier. I would agree with that because so many times, I mean, how many meetings have we been in in our lifetime? And you go to the meeting and it's just absolutely not structured. Yeah, and what, you know, what Chris is saying never really resonates. So you don't sit around and say, you know, I'm going to go speak with this person. I'm going to meet with my team. Let me, let me lay it out somehow like it would be a presentation. Mm. You know, you don't really go through that motion. Right. You know. Right. And I also wanted to talk a little bit, too, about the vocal technique, because I think that is so important, especially as women. You know, growing up, not so much anymore, but I think my generation, you know, and before me, you know, one of the things was it was always important to be soft-spoken, you know, not to be too loud. Well, here you are in a conference room with all these loud guys, especially like when we were in New York, which was crazy, and everybody was loud. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be able to speak up to be heard. And what can happen is, is if you're, if you're soft-spoken, you can lose your voice very quickly. And then nobody can hear you. So I, I like what you're saying about using, you know, vocal techniques to help people really learn how to project. And I know that you talk about that in the book, which is really cool because that's something that no one ever teaches us how to do. I mean, some of us, I mean, I'm just kind of loud to begin with, but you know, a lot of people aren't, and that you could actually learn how to change your voice, I think is interesting. Yeah, it you really can. is. Yeah, you can. You can do that. It, that, that. That is techniques. That is a technique that I teach. It's, it's, a, it's an advanced technique. Uh, it, it's quite challenging, but it can be done, and it's a technique that is used uh, by singers, by all high-energy voice users, really. Uh, singers really practice it, for their craft, but all high-energy voice users like uh, drill instructors, PT instructors, they all use it whether they realize it or not. It's just that singers and actors tend to focus on it from a craft pers uh, perspective as well. And how long does it take to learn something like that? 
Mm. Excellent question. Well, you are talking about the acquisition of skill in the first point, and then you're talking about practicing that skill so that it becomes habitual. Mm. So the answer is it takes a while, doesn't it? However, from the point of being able to demonstrate to somebody that they can make a difference, I can do that in a matter of minutes with somebody in front of an audience. That makes sense. Uh, the, the people sitting in the audience will go, yep, there's no doubt yeah. about it, Julie, that was a different voice. We heard it. That w- and they hear it themselves, and everyone goes, cool, wow, really, you just did that? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay, now, how do I do it again on my own when you're not here, Chris? That's the issue. So then we have to go through a whole load of really quite detailed techniques where you are asking people to recall feelings. So, mm. uh, and just for, as an example for your listeners, um, you know the feeling that you get if you eat an over-hot roast potato. That feeling when you got this over-hot roast potato in the back of your mouth, you go, oh, goodness gracious me, that's really hot, <laughs> hotter than I thought it was. Or the feeling when you're, you're just about to yawn, you can feel a yawn coming on, but just before you actually yawn, that feeling of openness that sits in the back of the throat, you, you, you know that feeling, and then what you want to do is to have people recall that feeling and then be able to set up the, the shape of their throat on the inside from knowledge of how that felt for them. And then there's a number of other things which we pile on top of that. So there's a number of these things that we ask people to do based on feelings of how they felt when they were doing the exercises. Wow. Well, that's terrific. I mean, I love all this practical information. Well, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. Stay with us, everyone. Our guest today is Chris Davidson, the author of Here and Now. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold day. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me... I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. 
Welcome back, everyone. Um, I love this. I always say to everyone that we get to cheat, and we're certainly cheating today because we're getting a lot of great information. A lot of great information. Our very special guest today is Chris Davidson, who um, we're very grateful to hear and meet, dialing in from across the pond, as they say. And thank you very much for that. Chris is the uh, founder of Active Presence, which is a communications consultancy, and he's also um, an award-winning author of this really cool, interesting book, Here and Now, which I'm holding up to the uh, camera, um, How Women Get Heard More at Work and Why It Matters. So we're learning about the different ways and methods and approaches to communicate. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really cool. But, Chris, I have to ask you, um, in the last segment, you had said something about it, we provide a questionnaire to get a little bit of an idea. So when I heard that, that means to me that you're a, you are a coach as well, right? Yes, sir. That's absolutely right. So um, my company works with people to help them present better. Um, and, the, and also we create uh, presentations for people. So a lot of the time we're building sales presentations because that's where the money is. They can, people can easily see a return on investment. So we build sales presentations, we script them, uh, and then we teach people how to deliver those uh, sales presentations. That's what a lot of our work is. Okay, so um, that makes me shift gears a little bit. I, I, are you saying, maybe I'm a little off here, that once you meet a client and determine their methods of communicating specific to them, you, are, you will tailor presentations for them based on how they communicate? It's not quite like that. Well, because then I would say you would be like a, a magician well, or something. Well, no, but what it, is, uh, what it is like is to say that there are certain things that we can say about it to, one has to do to make a presentation effective, given that we want the definition of effectiveness to be that people remember the presentation. That's, I mean, right. that's the issue, isn't it? We want them yes. to remember the presentation. And if it's a sales presentation, then we want them to remember you and the company you're presenting so that six months down the road, they say, oh, you know, I'm really stuck on X, Y, Z. You know what I'm going to call Charlie? He's the guy. I remember <laughs> Charlie and Eva came in. I I'm going I'm to call them. They can't remember the name of the other people they saw, but they remember Charlie and Eva, so they call you. That's what we want to have happen. It's interesting. So, so it's actually the opposite. So your presentation will help coach me on delivering so that um, hitting the key points based on your subject matter expertise of what gets through more often than not. So that's that's I can see where, where that would be really valuable <laughs> for sure. Um, and just to repeat, um, you can find out more about Chris Davidson at Active presence.com and you could find out more about this book at here and now book.com and um, 
Earlier, you were also discussing about techniques. And one of the things you were talking about was, which sounded really complicated, was structuring information. And that's probably where we get into the the surgery here, right? That's where it gets confusing because um, I may have um, the confidence to deliver but the structure is delivered ineffectively, and then all bets are off. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So what is it? What is it that normally happens if we're dealing with somebody who is not feeling as confident as perhaps they would like to feel? What then happens is they stand up to deliver this presentation, and because of this lack of confidence, they start from somewhere that feels safe for them, which is talking about themselves or their company. My name is Chris Davidson. Active mm-hmm. Presence was formed in 2002, blah, 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 blah. Now, all of this is known to me, so I can talk about it. But the point is, it's of no value at all to my audience. So they're not mm-hmm. listening to me. And if they're not listening to me right from the word go, you can't switch them on five minutes later. You've lost them. Mm-hmm. So the structure is wrong. So we've got to fix the confidence issue first. Then we've got to give people structure in which they realize, absorb, and accept that their number one responsibility is to awaken interest. That's the only thing they need to do. Just awaken interest. Get people on your side. When the audience is on your side, you've got about 90 seconds to do that then they're going to give you permission to tell them something about the message that you want to transmit. But you've got to awaken their interest first. So let's just um, go back for a second. Um, and I love this. This is like um, it's like free coaching, right? You mentioned also about speaking to people, going to a meeting, you know, outside of the presentation per se forum. But meeting and speaking as if it was a presentation. So does that mean that um, whenever I speak with someone, I need to hold this presentation technique to heart as well? Like I need to make sure I awaken interest when I speak to anyone, regardless if it's a presentation or not? Well, I would say so, yes. I would say so. There is a, there is a wonderful book. Uh, called Who Ordered This Truckload of Dung? <laughs> a wonderful title. But look it up. It is a lovely, lovely story. It's a book that is full of stories for overcoming life's obstacles, uh, written by a Buddhist monk. And in there, there is a lovely little quote in which he says, uh, I may paraphrase it a little bit incorrectly here, but the general idea is, who is the most important person in the room? Answer, the person you are with. Mm. It's as simple as that. So it's almost like a, you have a responsibility to awaken their interest. Yeah. Um, and also, let me just um, say that, you know, this flat type organization that we're talking about, we, we're all in on that. You know, that's our shared leadership model. So we like the direction that we're going. It's, we wish it was years ago, mm-hmm. but we'll take it now as well. Um, but what I'm also learning from you, Chris, is that 
you know, I need a higher level of observation skills as well, right? So if I'm not getting through, if I have, like you mentioned earlier, um, a woman's or a female type persona in my approach, and I'm dealing with a bunch of monsters, mm. and I, I'm not getting through, I have to know that, right? I have to know what to do differently or, um, you know, so how do you learn to observe better as well? Okay. If you are in a, um, a, let's say you're in a networking environment where most people are standing. And if you're conversing with people there, then the secret is to look at their feet. Because if they want to move away, because they're not engaged, then their feet will indicate that first with a rotational direction and they'll start, they'll start wanting to move away. Look at the feet. Look at now, the you feet. see, you know, now, <laughs> now that's tricky. Yeah, no, now, you know, you're kind now of, we're not going to be able to get out of there. You're kind of <laughs> a lot slicker than I thought, right? <laughs> um, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and so on that note, what about, and I know everybody talks about stuff like this, but eye contact. Because sometimes yeah, yeah. I, I feel not that many people engage eye contact, right? Well, it, it's very important. It's very important. And it, it's very important for engagement. But when you're trying to, if you're trying to close a deal and you're asking for the business, then if you lock eyeball to eyeball with somebody and ask them for the business, that's pretty threatening. Mm. So yeah. um, what I do if I'm with somebody uh, is if I, I either have with me uh, a presentation on my little laptop, my little you know 10-inch laptop computer, so that, and that I position that between us so that both of us can look at information that's on the laptop so when I ask for the business, the customer has somewhere else to put his or her eyes rather than on me, and it mm. still gives them a point of engagement. They can look at the laptop, still be engaged in the meeting while they're thinking about the fact, gosh, do I want to give this guy money or not? Man, that's 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 slick too. Yeah, that's right? good. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, a, another quick question, and really this is to both of you. Um, because I know, Eva, you, you do a lot of, you teach a lot of breathing exercises as well. And I get it, right, Chris? I get that it's very important. But how do you, you know, how do you track it? In other words, well, would you say to a customer or a client, did you do the breathing before the presentation or not? What did you do? I mean, how... How important is it or how do we insist that um, we do those exercises? Because I know we hear about them all the time, but I, at least maybe I'm the only one that doesn't often practice as I should, right? Well, I think that uh, I, I'll, I'll, I know that Eva's waiting to jump in there, but I'll, I'll get my pennies worth in and then, uh, and then uh, Eva can jump in. Um, I think there are two for me, there are two sets of exercises. There are the, the exercises that you want to become habitual so that, um, for example, uh, one breathes with uh, diaphragmatic breathing rather than shoulder breathing. Um, and 
normally speaking, one has to say that men have more difficulty than this with women. Women are just better at diaphragmatic breathing than men are. That's an observation that, that I make from coaching people over the years. Um, that's the first point. So, you know, can you tell whether somebody has done the habitual exercises or not? Well, you know, it's kind of up to them to get on with it and, and their skill will get better and better. Uh, well, I get it. You know, in fact, um, we got to take our last break. But before we go, I just want to say what I just learned from you is I should be able to say to myself, am I making this habitual or not? Mm-hmm. If it's not, yeah. then I'm not practicing enough. I'm not doing that's something right. 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 That, that's important. Okay. Excellent. I love it. Uh, stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back with our special guest, Chris Davidson. More to come. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Well, I can't believe we're already into our final segment, but here we are again. Um, Our guest today is Chris Davidson. Chris is the founder of Active Presence, a communications consulting firm. Um, He is also the author of the award-winning book, Here and Now. Um, Now... Sorry, Hang I turned, on a second. It. <laughs> you turned it around for me. How women get heard more at work and why it matters. And you can also learn more about the book at hereandnowbook.com, but the here is H-E-A-R. This book is great. I'm, I'm getting so many takeaways. I can't stop making notes. No, it, it is really, really good. What I like about it is it's very, very practical because so many times when you read some of these books, they they're, have so much information that you don't really need. This is just a ton of information that's just a real practical guide to how to do a really effective presentation and not just an effective presentation, but how to present yourself effectively, even if it's in a meeting. Which kind of proves Chris's uh, model, right? Yes. <laughs> and one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but we only have a little bit of time. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk about was practice and the importance of practice. That's something that I also talk to my clients about, but so many people think that they can wing a presentation, Charles. Um, I do, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about the importance of practice and how to practice effectively. Okay. There are two types of uh, practice. There's practice and rehearsal. They are very different things in my book. So mm-hmm. I draw a very clear distinction in my mind between practice and rehearsal. Here are the differences. Practice. You can practice a segment of a presentation. Practice the beginning. Practice the middle. Practice the end. Practice the call to action. Whatever. You, at any point in time in a practice session, you can stop, restart, go back to the beginning, do a different bit. That's called practice. It's not the same as rehearsal. A rehearsal is a complete performance from beginning to end. The only difference is there isn't an audience. So 
So right. you start a rehearsal. If something goes wrong in the middle, like the slide projector packs up or you lose your place or your shoe falls off or whatever, you carry on. You mm. must, if you start a rehearsal, you must finish it. That's the rule. Practice as many times as you like, but rehearsal is from beginning to end. Yeah, that's really good, and I like that distinction between it because I think I think a lot of times, first of all, people don't practice or they'll do it, you know, well, I went over the slides in my head, and it's not until you actually say your pitch, your presentation out loud that you even know if it's if it's moving along correctly. You can't really tell until you say it out loud, but I like that point about rehearsal is start to finish, and no matter what happens – you have to finish it because it helps you if something goes wrong it helps you be able to actually figure out how to keep going and not just have a meltdown and go oh sorry yeah no i agree and i agree that's good to know i'm gonna i'm going to adhere to that rule going forward when i rehearse go all the way to the you end. hear it here chris <laughs> yeah well you guys i mean you you guys know this i mean i i used to run my own radio show too live radio and, and live radio is live radio you know, you have, mm-hmm. you have to keep going. It doesn't matter what happens. You have to keep going. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely right. So kind of talking about that a little bit, you do have some techniques to help people with some memorization. Now, not that we want our presentations to be fully memorized, but yet it is kind of nice to not even have any notes and be able to to go up there and have a coherent, pull-together presentation where you don't use notes. And so I know there are some techniques around memorization, and, and what are those? Because I know you talk about them in the book. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the there are two points that you, two points of the presentation you absolutely should know off by heart. Mm. Every sentence, every comma, every full stop, period, as you call it on your side of the pond, um, and that is the, the, the opening sequence. Um, yeah. And you, I said you've got about 90 seconds to capture people, uh, capture an audience. We speak at somewhere between um, 2.5 and 3.3 words per second. So that's about 180 words a minute. So basically we're saying the first couple of hundred words um, are the most important words. Well, a couple of hundred words, that's not even uh, – that, that, that isn't even um, – in in the uh, um, in Lincoln's speech, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not there. So mm-hmm. it's easy to remember 200 words. So just get that remembered off by heart. And then the other thing you have to remember off by heart is the call to action at the end. Those uh, are the two yeah. bits that you absolutely have to know that you can just run them like a, a script. You just walk on stage and you deliver the performance that is the opening. And by the time just, you've just to interrupt, that, and now I have to make sure relaxed. that I, t- I tweak that and not just say, hi, my name is blah, 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 blah. I need to have a, an awareness interest in that, right, in that conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, if I was going to talk about here and now, I might walk on stage and, I, um, and I'm talking to an American audience, I would walk on stage and I would say three quarters of the women in this room right now don't believe they're taken seriously at work how does mm-hmm. that make the rest of you feel bang i've got them yeah yeah 
Yeah. I haven't yeah, said my name. I haven't said anything. I just walk on stage. Bang. Go. No good morning, good afternoon, none of that. Forget it. Just walk on stage and get the audience. That's the first job. Yeah, that's yeah, that's perfect. Because typically you're introduced anyway, or your name is up on the board anyway, and you exactly. know on the screen. Yeah, so they'll know, and then you can tell them at the end. So no, I really exactly. like that. And so then, um, do you have any any techniques for just memorizing? Like, let's say the slides get messed up or something. Is there any way? Is there an easy way to memorize? Because I think some people really struggle. I know I struggle with memorization. Well. The, if you build a presentation in such a way that it is going to be easy for the audience to remember, which is the end result, then your performance will be a combination of, number one, what you say, and number two, what's shown on the slides. So therefore, you have to know exactly what happens when you click the clicker. So the, the process of going through and doing all the practicing and rehearsing and learning what happens when you click the clicker actually helps you remember your script. That's the first point. Second mm-hmm. point, by the time you put in all the positioning on the stage and the body language associated with it, you find yourself stage right and you think, oh, what am I doing stage right? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about this. I find myself mm-hmm. stage left. What am I doing here? Oh, I'm talking about the other thing. Mm-hmm. So you, if you plan it all out, then when you move around the stage and you know what the slides are and you know what the clicker is, it'll help you remember the script. Got you. And I think sometimes people think, well, if I have, you know, like the opening memorized, that it just won't, it won't sound natural. But that's I think not true. I think the more that you become, that that memorization becomes a part of you, that you internalize that memorization, that's when you can really add your own flair to it. You can add your own. Well, and I, uh, you know, I know we're we're wrapping up, but um, I love the fact that with the current uh, industry direction, that women with their ability to connect up front. really now can take the lead with uh, audiences and, and things like that when the men, you know, the tough guys will have to play catch-up. Yes, they will. Which well, I like. Chris, thank you so much. I mean, this has been such a great show. I'm sorry that we're out of time already because I know you have even more great information to share, but people will then have to get the book here and now. Yes, I don't know what to say, Chris. I, I agree with Eva. I mean, this has been really um way beyond my expectations. I think you did a fantastic job. We're going to be sharing your contact information and your book throughout the week. Well, it's so my thank pleasure. You. It's my pleasure. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. Take care. Have a great day, and hopefully we'll get back together again soon. That would be nice. Thank you. Goodbye now. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Uh, no, speechless. it's a lot of great information today, yes. right? I mean, there's so much out there that you can do so that people will take you seriously, whether you're a man or a woman. If you're feeling like you're not being heard at work, this book is terrific. It's not long, but there's a lot of, lot of good information. Right. I just wanted to say here and now is H-E-A-R. I said that before. Okay. Thank you. Um, here and now book.com. Also, you can learn more about Chris at activepresence.com and you can get the book either from the website or from Amazon. So another great show, Charles. Excellent Thank you. show. 
Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and have a great week. Bye.